This is episode 34 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. Don't hit the snooze button. Come join us. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Love. Is that a misunderstood word Mm. or Mm. misinterpreted word? Or it's certainly a word that uh, brings up all kinds of uh, connotations and meanings. and, uh, And we all need to go in everything to God's word. And God's love, whoo, boy, mm-hmm. is that so much different than what we sometimes confuse mm-hmm. as love? Because we get these messages bombarded all right. the time in the world and what yeah. love looks like. Mm-hmm. We think it's like flowers and chocolate and romance and schmoopy doopy boo. Oh, that's schmoopy doopy boo. It's those sounds. But, yeah, you're but right. that's not what it's about. And I think that the core of us understanding love is to look at God's love. I mean, God is kind of the core of understanding everything. There's a scripture in Romans. You probably know Romans 5 8. God demonstrated his love for mm-hmm. us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So there's a couple things that I notice there, that there's a sacrifice in the love. There's a a giving, a selfless giving, but that that love was given even while the person, us, is not good. Mm -hmm. And so in our love relationships, we're to be sacrificially giving even when the other person is a jerk or is mean to us or is horrible. I mean, wait, what? That's how we're supposed to love? Who? Yeah. that's a little different than the schmoopy doopy goopy, right? Yeah, right. the schmoop, the, that word. C.S. Lewis <laughs> talked about how um, w- w- when we talk about love and falling in love and falling out of love, like that's something that, that might happen to you in your love. You just fell out of love. Lewis says, well, you fell out of like the the feelings of love, the infatuation, but you shouldn't expect these schmoopy schmoop feelings to last forever because that's not what love is. Real love is getting at what you're talking about, Therese. It's what God has for us. It's a well, you could say in one sense for us when we emulate this, it's it's a choice because it goes against what we feel sometimes. It's choosing to love somebody else even. Yeah, even if they are our enemy sometimes, or even if they aren't making us feel in a good way. It's a it's a committed choice. I mean, that's kind of what it means when we use the phrase unconditional love. <laughs> we get comfort from that phrase when we say it. It sounds so nice, but if you really think about what it demands, it's like, ouch, unconditional love? That's like, am I really willing to, to go there for people? Oh. Am I willing to go there for people? Because God right. went there for me. Right. We love because he first loved us, it says in First John. You know, we've been talking a lot about relationships, and maybe you think about, you know, romantic love, you know, loving your husband, loving your wife, you know, that, that kind of thing. But, you know, love God and love people, and people include, uh, that's where it gets really messy and sloppy sometimes, because neighbors, for instance, let's say it can be your local neighbors. It's like, okay, I want to I want to go do something nice for this person because they've been nice and I like them mm-hmm. and they seem to get a But what about that neighbor or friend that uh just kind of 
you've had an opinion about and <laughs> and uh, kind of rubs you the wrong way. Right. And you know that perhaps uh, approaching that neighbor is not going to be a pleasant thing. But you know who uh, Jesus always uh, hung around with and went to and hmm. and ministered to those who uh, weren't very loving. And so many examples of that in the Bible. That's who we're, we're to be more like Jesus. So yeah, it gets really uncomfortable to make that love, which makes it really apparent that love isn't a feeling because you don't feel like it. Love is a choice. Love is a determination. And uh, mm-hmm. love is that decision that you make for those who, as we've already talked about, uh, mm-hmm. that you don't really like like and love, yeah. a whole different thing. But God showed that great example of love, even on the cross, the greatest example, yeah. right? Why does it have to be so hard? Mm. I mean, these relationships, that's hard. It's hard to be nice to somebody who, you know, has a party late at night and keeps you up, you know, when <laughs> they live next door to you. It's hard to be nice to somebody that is in a bad mood and just is grumpy to be around and you have to sleep in bed next to them. You know, it is hard to love people because we're so imperfect. So why does God make it so hard? Why does he ask something so big when he knows that it's going to be difficult for us at the core of it? I think the reason why is because it is the fastest way for us to grow to be more like him. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. If you want patience, well, God's going to make you wait for some stuff, right? (laughs) If you want to learn how to love people, he's going to give you some unlovable people, and you're going to know in the core of your core that this is the person that God wants you to love. And every time you do that in obedience— you become a little bit more like Jesus. I wonder how many engaged couples would choose to have 1 Corinthians 13 read at their wedding if they really understood (laughs) what Mm -hmm. it means, you know, what it means on your 20th anniversary, what it means, you know, on those days that are just hard to be in close proximity to another person. I mean, to be kind, to not be envious, to be patient, all of the things, to not get angry, to not delight in evil. I mean, all of those things are hard things to do. Yeah, uh, they are. And they're hard with the people that y- you wouldn't, ex- you, you don't maybe think first off of it being difficult. Like you're talking about, well, s- spouses, you think, oh, well, you're married because you love one another. Of course, obviously, there's difficulty there. In the church, oh, well, Christians, you guys are always happy. You're always smiling and get along, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about this a lot. Like, no, we don't always all get along. And actually, it's the love that we show each other in the church. And this is just what's blowing my mind from the book of John right now. It's, that's, that's the testimony we have to the world that God is real. That's the testimony we have that shows Jesus is who he said he was. It's, it's, it's not some evidence you can dig up over in the Middle East that's going to prove Jesus was really God. Actually, according to Jesus, no, it's, it's your love that's going to prove this. John 13 and verse 34, starting there, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another which is amazing because that's Jesus, I think, essentially acknowledging there. It's not going to be easy. It's, in fact, it's going to be so radical that you guys love each other mm-hmm. that other people are going to take notice of this and they're going to know that this 
this Jesus thing is for real. That's our, our love for each other in the church. It speaks loudly. It's not just a nicety on Sunday morning when we really sacrificially love each other in the church. Preaching to myself here, that speaks volumes to the whole world. Therese, you mentioned, uh, and everybody who has been to a wedding, I can't say every single one, but uh, you know, the, if everybody knew the first Corinthians, you know, 13, what, what they were facing down the road, it, it never, and I don't say this just because it was my son's wedding, but I'd never heard it at any other wedding before in my life. So it really stuck with me and uh, in, influenced me. He was reading his vows just to his his wife and went over that. You know, they just went first Corinthians 13 and all these things. And and so our son was speaking to his wife and saying all those things that I'm promising you, the love, the patience, the kindness, all those things, the forgiveness, because I'm going to fail at every single one of those Hmm. uh, during our marriage. And but I trust and we trust each other uh, to to forgive uh, one another and to lift each other up in those times that I fail hmm. on those things that I just promised, wow. you know, and uh, wow. that always stuck with me because we are, as you said, we're all human. We're all going to make those mistakes. We're all going to fail. Uh, but that God's love is just overcoming our uh, our mistakes and hmm. that that thing that uh, God just so loved us. He so loved the world that he did that amazing, amazing thing by giving his only son. And oh, what an example of that, because we hear that we we say it, we speak yeah. it so easy to say, and it's harder, much, much harder to do. Maybe forgiveness is at the core of love. I mean, hmm. Christ's love was about forgiveness and the way that we forgive one another allows us and to serve the person or to be kind when it doesn't feel good to be kind. I mean, forgiveness is really at the depth of all of that. Maybe that is the ultimate act of love. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, because it is like, yeah, it's sacrifice. To forgive Mm. is to give up what you think you have a right to and to just let that essentially die for the sake of of somebody else. That's that's at the heart of it, I think. Yeah. As we kind of wrap up, I think, wrap up the uh, and this goes with uh, mainly you think about this with marriages, but it can be with everybody. The love languages. Oh, right. Yeah. Everybody take that love language thing. And uh, hey, I like watching football. So she must like watching football. (laughs) (laughs) Rarely do two people who are in a relationship have the same love language. And it's it's so funny because it forces you then to not do what's natural to you, but to actually think of the other person first. Yeah. What are, they are. I'm trying to remember them. There's uh, words time, of affirmation, words of affirmation, quality act, time, acts of service, okay. receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Okay. Yeah. Huh. yeah. And you so, can have more than one, but if sure, you've never right. taken the test, mm-hmm. it's really insightful. And here's another thing: as your kids grow, figure out what their love languages are, because kids right? will oftentimes in the same household yeah. have two very different love languages. Oh, and let's say one is quality time. And so you say, okay, I'm going to take each of my kids out separately. Well, to the kid whose love language is gifts, mm-hmm. that quality time doesn't mean anything, you know, and so they're seeing their siblings, a little love bucket get filled and they're like, wait, what, what, what am I doing over here? You know? And so when you start to become aware and even your neighbors, people you work with, you know, people you want to show love to when you figure out the thing that drives them what their love language is it makes it so much easier for you to just be able to 
to bless them. You know, someone who likes gifts will appreciate a bouquet of flowers. Someone who likes words of affirmation will like when you say, hey, I saw a flower today that reminded me of you. I mean, two totally different Mm -hmm. things. One is a lot cheaper, Um, (laughs) P.S. But but knowing what makes people tick, boy, it uh, it makes all the difference in the world for those relationships. And the other side of that, I would say too, Therese, is recognize when somebody else is speaking to you in their love language. Mm. So maybe you don't really like gifts. Maybe you're a take it or leave it kind of person. Right. But somebody's leaving you, you know, leaves you something on your desk or, or has something for you when you get home. Don't just brush it off and say, oh, okay. Like realize, oh, this is how they say it. So right. maybe to me, it's not speaking to me, but it can speak to me if I realize that's them sharing from their language too. And be educated. Don't be like I did in the very beginning when I first heard about love languages. I'm thinking, ooh, French. That's a really good <laughs> language. If I speak in French, I think you really like me. That's, ooh la la, forgiveness. That's a whole different thing. So don't make that mistake. It's okay. You can go back to bed in about 16 hours. In the meantime, thanks for listening to Rise Up on Family Life. Ah, missed opportunities. I'm grateful Mm. for technology like the telephone and everything that gives us connecting to one another across the world. But man, what a missed opportunity. Every time we say hello or hello, hi, however you answer the phone, it's not nearly as exciting is how Alexander Graham Bell wanted us to. The man who invented the telephone. Therese, did you know this? Ahoy was his preferred greeting. Yes, Alexander Graham Bell thought we should answer the telephone with an ahoy there. And man, what a what a joy this would make every single phone call. I mean, optional I'm like, matey, uh, by the way, like you don't have to say matey, but you no, could throw matey, in the yeah, ahoy matey, matey, right? Right, matey or arg, you know, those kind of other nautical references you can choose to leave off as you desire. But man, I might even pick up robocalls if I got to say ahoy every time I answered the phone. Wow, if we're gonna change the way we answer the phone, then uh-huh. we should definitely change our ringtone Ooh. in honor of Alexander Graham Bell. I think. <laughs> I think that's a good yeah. one. I think that'll work, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do that. A little shanty. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Ahoy there. Facing a whole new day is a lot easier when you remember that God is in charge. You're listening to Rise Up on Family Life. You don't think anything about it, you know, for what, less than a dollar. You stick something in the box and it shows up at somebody else's place. You go to yeah. your mailbox mm-hmm. and you're like, well, look at all this cool stuff that arrived. Just I mean, some there. of it goes in the recycling bin, but still, <laughs> we kind of take it for granted. I was a little surprised when I read of things you can actually send in the mail. No, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yes. Yes, you can send those. What? And then you can send those. What? And, and you can send that in the mail. How? I know. You can send live bees in the mail. There are obviously, you know, very specifics about how they have to be sent. But, yes, they can be sent, ironically, only through surface mail. Um, (laughs) Very ironically. You can send one-day-old chicks through the mail. I I had no idea. And then you can send military-grade drones (laughs) through... The mail. And oh, so boy. the next time you hear this, that's how you know the mail's here. <laughs> right. the, uh, the mail, the mail's here. It's Steve, Therese, and Tim helping you to rise up on family life. A friend you can turn to. This is probably 
my last zucchini story for the season. Probably what? the last one. I'll t- well, you know, I've had a lot of <laughs> had a bit of a dramatic season with these zucchini. They well, mm-hmm. they've been something, and I, I've been known to let them go a little too far and get a little too ginormous. They're ginormous, Timothy. They're a bit scary. Well, so that's mm-hmm. why. All right, I, I had these two zucchini, and I thought I'm taking these to work today. So I get in the car. I got my zucchini, and I'm I'm driving away, and I'm wondering why my car is beeping at me. And that's when I realize it's letting me know that my passenger isn't buckled in. That the zucchini the were zucchini, big enough. It thought the two zucchini, they were heavy mm-hmm. enough to have been a small child. Yeah. To, I have a problem, and this should end my zucchini saga for the season. <laughs> well, you might want to pick them a little earlier. I think, yeah. But I can relate to this, not with zucchini, but with my purse. Oh. Because oh. there have been times where I've been in the car and I've had my purse on the passenger seat, and then I get that same <laughs> warning. And that's when I know. When the car thinks your purse is another human, it's time to clean it out. We weren't sure how you liked your coffee, so we didn't make any. Hope that's okay. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. I feel badly for my kids now that they're grown. And Well, mm. as you guys know about me, I've you know I've been much too serious all my life. I take everything. <laughs> you seem like you were probably super fun dad when your kids were little. No, but I, I feel like I've uh, let them down in, in a bit. When I see the annual finalists have been listed mm. for the uh, the Toy Hall of Fame, the Strong National Museum oh, of Play. Yeah. You know, Rock, you know, and and I've never even heard of a couple. Of the, what's a briar horse? Oh, I it's know. I've heard of briar ice cream. Is about the yeah. only thing I get. <laughs> it's similar. No, they're like little. They're like little horse models. But that you can play with, so and they oh. they're very specific to like different breeds and colors. Oh. So kids who are like really into horses, oh sure, sure. Oh, my daughter loves horses. horses. Oh, yeah, you sorry. probably should have gotten her some of those Missed. as a kid. Oh. And now I see something else I don't even ever heard of. Light bright. What's oh, what? light bright. Oh, you played. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What That's like with me? it's like the little pegboard. You plug it in, and oh, there's the colors. Wait a minute, I'm hearing something. Oh, so, so you never even saw the light so, break commercial? So how, do you, how, do you, how do you no? How do you how what do you play? What do you, you what just do you do? plug in these little pegs and they light up in the light board and you they can glow. make fun shapes? Oh. Yeah, it's so beautiful. All right, well mm-hmm. that's okay. I guess I need to have more bulbs power. and refills sold separately. Okay, <laughs> you know, young Tim, new dad, oh, and yeah. aspires to be the super cool fun dad that Steve is. And so what we've done is we've taken some toy commercial jingles mm-hmm. and we've bleeped out the name of the toy and okay. then we're going to see if tim can identify oh, these the implements the of spot. fun all right so fun here is number one what would you have the time of your life with Sockum boppers <laughs> They were like these giant inflatable like boxing glove type things yeah. you put on your hands. Sock- they, is that a win? Sock and bopper. That is a win yes. for Tim. Oh All right, God, Tim. Tim. This one is like going back a little bit. I'm pretty sure this toy is in the National Toy Hall of Fame. And maybe you'll oh. be singing along. Who walks the stair without a care and makes the happiest sound. Bounce up and down just like a clown. Everyone knows it. The best present yet to give or get The favorite all over town The hit of the day when you're ready to play Everyone knows this It's, it's, it's 
Oh, I got it. I can, I, I can substitute the actual. Yeah. Okay, wow, go say ahead. that a lot <laughs> in that commercial. <laughs> the slinky. The slinky. That's right. That's oh, another no. win for I our love young. The slinky. Mention how much it gets yeah. tangled. Okay. And okay. and one thing that I've learned from actually visiting the National Toy Hall of Fame is that you kind of have to think outside the box. For example. The cardboard box is in the Toy Hall of Fame, you know, so toys aren't always, you know, manufactured. Sometimes the biggest joys we have in life are not made by Hasbro. And so (laughs) this is definitely an agent of dad fun, though. Let's see if you can get this one, Tim. When you want a hot meal without a big deal, what are you going to pick? Filled with delicious pepperoni pizza, chicken and cheddar, or ham and cheese oh. in a crispy pocket. Okay, Pockets, right? Okay. Another win for oh. Tim. You are on your road to fun, cool dad dumb, just great like show. Steve. Oh, love it. <laughs> Today is going to be great. We just know it. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life.